0: Daddy and Emmett said, you know, we had that place they got now out there and all, but they used to go out there all the time in an old Jeep and they would take uh, two sharpshooters with them. Yeah. They said they'd go, go to that mud, built upon it, and lock the wheel. And they yeah. Go and they'd get off, take them sharpshooters. Get the mud out. Get the mud out and go another quarter mile.
1: Cut yeah. The, mud out. Oh, the
0: only thing
1: that'll go in that is a horse. That's it, a horse. <laughs> this horse, when you take a
0: step, it cuts that mud off his
1: yeah every time
0: it'll build up but when he takes it up it it cuts it off yeah edges of the hoof yeah you can go you can go on a horse but
1: that's about it mm 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 that's why the the scriptures refer to God gives us hinds feet feet like a deer to be able to overcome certain obstacles and terrains and to be able to get on the high places Uh, when I say a high place not a bad thing but a a good thing to be able to go where other people just can't go and do what other people can't do. God gives us feet like deer. And in that idea, we don't live in a mountainous, rocky terrain that they would have lived how they lived over there. So you got to have that image of a of a, like a, a goat or a mountain goat that can get in places that other creatures just can't go. And uh, But okay. several times. Saying, no, like, Hi, no, how did they get onside that rock? But they're equipped for it. They're balancing their balance and their feet and their hooves, they can jump and they can leap and they can, they can get on those places. And that's the idea uh, that he gives us hinds feet, feet like a deer. Several places in the scripture refer to that. Uh, God says that our feet are blessed. God says our feet are beautiful when we carry good news to a world around us. And he says our feet are like bountiful deer's feet. And uh so just a neat thing to be able to overcome those obstacles. A man try to chase a mountain goat on foot, he's gonna have trouble. Ain't gonna happen. You know. All right, let's get in this thing. What what uh, anybody else before we jump into word? I think we're good? All right, well y'all tell me something. Man, we're up to what? Chapter number thirty five. Thirty-five, thirty-five, so whoo, of Psalms, Psalms. We've been reading through the Psalms, one through thirty-five up to the day. We're doing five a day, so the easy way to just, if you just multiply five times, whatever the day is, that would be the day you, uh, you finished at thirty-five the day, well, on the seventh.
0: Thirty-two
1: and thirty-five.
0: Yeah. We can stay there for the rest of the year.
1: Man, all, all of them are like that. They really are, but it's so rich, yes. These particular ones, uh, 32 and
0: 33. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 14 and 34, but it
1: just, uh, like the 32, the first. Couple words,
0: huh? The first word.
1: Blessed. Now, we've been seeing that. Now, before we go much further. You've noticed in the Psalms thus far on how many times it's used the word blessed. And every time it does that, you want to put a mental note somewhere and build this thinking up of what is the Bible telling me a blessed man looks like, a blessed person, not just a man. When I say a man, I'm talking about a human, a soul. What does that blessed man look like? Because it's going to paint a picture for us of, of you're going to be able to put things in order in the sense that there's going to be some where it, it shows a blessed man is because he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what preceded that? There's going to be another passage that's going to tell you, well, the blessed man is somebody who trusts the Lord. Yeah. Well, this passage is going to say, well, obvious, if, if the blessed men are those that trust the Lord... When they trust God, what did God do in them? What did God forgive them of? And this is where this is going to say there was a barrier. There was enmity between us and God. And we understand that in the Newer Testament through what Jesus has done for us. And this is what this is talking about because this is brought out in the, the New Testament. And this is in chapter 32 is in direct relationship to David when he sinned with Bathsheba. And God confronted him through Nathan, and God dealt with him. And David is going to reflect on that and say a blessed man is somebody whose transgressions have been forgiven. So uh, the blessed that trust God are blessed because they've been forgiven by God. That when I trust him, he counts that as righteousness, and He gives me His goodness because He's forgiven me of what I've done and I'm in right relationship with Him. So when, you, when you're when reading through, every time you see that word blessed, highlight it, find out what is, he, what is He talking about, and then try to piece it together. That's what the Bible refer to as understanding. Understanding pieces the puzzle together. And God gives us understanding. So we can piece it together and put it in its proper order the way it goes if you was putting a transmission back together you talked about that jeep you had if i wasn't mistaken that transmission was just you had all your pieces in a bucket and there was a a a skilled enough transmission fella that could take every one of those pieces lay them out as if he was taking that transmission apart because i can remember watching my dad work on transmissions And I remember him breaking things down and he always would lay that trans, those parts out as he took them out. So as he worked his way back to put them back together, he just systematically put those pieces back to where they go, repaired what needed to be repaired. And I could, I could visually see that. And that's the idea of wisdom knows how to take the next step in putting something together. But we also got to have the understanding To know how all this stuff works together. And that's one of the advantages of reading through the Psalms like we are. We're able to put some things together with God's understanding. Now, we can't do that on our own. He's got to help us be able to piece it together. What was you saying in that, Brother Shannon? Well,
0: it says that your sin is covered.
1: Covered.
0: Now, see, we understand now through the New Testament that that's the only way our sins can be. Forgiven is being covered by the blood.
1: I can't cover them. You can't cover them. I can't cover yours. You can't cover mine. There's only one thing that covers
0: it. But David knew that they had to be covered.
1: That's right. They had to be covered. What does Proverbs 28:13 say? I don't know. Look it up. Proverbs 28:13. 28:13. Because we wanna we wanna tie this together with this. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen.
0: He that covereth his sin will not prosper. But but those confession, confess, and forsaken them shall be shall have mercy.
1: Shall have mercy. So forgiveness is an act of mercy. From God God shows us mercy, number one. Number two, he who tries, and this is the idea, he who tries to cover up his own sin, he who tries to fix it, he who tries to do something himself. But you notice what the passage says. He who uh, acknowledges and then acts on the revelation God's given him, that is forsaken it, acknowledge it is what it is, Now, I also confess along with God. I see it as missing the mark. Therefore, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that where it lay because it missed the mark with God. What does God say? That person is the one who I bestow mercy upon. The man that what? Confesses and forsakes. Acknowledges and acts on what I reveal to him. Because remember, faith is what? Seeing, agreeing, and acting on what God reveals you can't know what sin is unless God reveals what sin is. Amen. You can't know you missed the mark with God if you, don't, if you can't see it. So to be able to confess it means to acknowledge it. You acknowledge it is the way God has unveiled it to be. He's revealed that to me. So I agree with him. I see what he sees and then I act in faith on what he has invited me to come walk with him. See, I make that that conscience work of faith is I either make the choice to agree with what God's revealed to me and act on that, or I rebel and act on my own to keep doing what I want to do. Now, when I act on my own, do what I want to do, I'm not acting in faith, I'm acting like a fool, right? I'm being foolish in that. So, when we read Psalm 32, and he says, Blessed is the man whose sin is covered. That is saying that that is sin that's been given to God. That sin that's been turned over. It's not that God didn't know it. He already knew it. It ain't that God didn't know you wasn't going to sin, because He already knew it. It wasn't that He was going to punish you because you did what you did. There's going to be a consequence but what God wants to do is show you mercy. Therefore, that's why He reveals the sin to us. That's why He invites us to come walk with Him. So we forsake that and follow Him in faith because we what? See what He sees. Act on what we see that He's revealed. In agreement with Him, it is what it is. So not only am I acknowledging with my mouth, but I'm affirming my faith in Him by my steps. Amen. I'm acting and affirming. Go ahead, brother.
0: Pretty
1: well this. Yes, 28.9. Look what he says. 28.9 says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the, the law, when we see that, that's saying the message of God, that's God's love, the law of His love, even His prayers are what? That's right. Why? Because... He chose, we chose we choose to do it our way rather than what? Acting on what he's revealed to us, acknowledging what he sees as sin, and then affirming it with our steps as we follow him. Because the only thing that would open this door up with repentance is one God's graces to see where the problem's at. And then as a result, what happens. In that is either I trust God's work of grace, or I'm going to rely more upon myself. And when I do that, now I'm at I'm I'm out of fellowship. I'm disconnected. So my prayers are not being heard. My prayers, the only prayer that He hears is what the prayer of repentance, of acknowledging. Yes, it is what it is. I see it the way you see it, God. So yes, yeah, Psalm 32. This is David. Because this is... Remember, David was a man after God's own heart. But this was later in David's journey that he found himself in a major mess. Not because of what he necessarily did with the the woman. In the sense that David had multiple women. God even told David if if that wasn't enough, he would have gave him more women. It was the fact that that woman actually belonged to somebody else. So he took, transgressed against his brother, took what wasn't rightfully his, then tried to cover it. Didn't he try to cover it? What did he do? He invited the boy home. See, this is him fixing it. This is him trying to cover it up. We have nothing sufficient to cover it up with. It can't be covered except God cover it and he covers it in the blood. Because you've got to remember, Jesus, though he was not crucified, nor was he upon the earth at this time, but everything God did for man was in light of what Jesus would do in the days ahead. So David's sin was covered under the blood. Amen. Just like our sins covered under the blood. David couldn't necessarily see all that in detail, we look at it in hindsight yeah. to be able to look back at what took place. But nonetheless, if it was forgiven, it was forgiven based on the merit of Jesus, not based on the merit of what David did. It was based on, on Jesus. Uh, so,
0: in the heading
1: uh-huh. of, this,
0: of this Psalm 32, yeah. this is Psalm of David, and it says, I'm going to mispronounce this word, whatever,
1: Michelle? Uh-huh, uh-huh, let's see. The, the word means... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it means a contemplation. David is contemplating. He's reflecting. Yeah.
0: I got the concordance. Yeah. It says instructions are wise or prudent. Yeah. And so this is an instructive psalm.
1: David is wanting everybody to know God had forgiven him. Yeah. And as a result, he's a blessed man. That's right. God doesn't show partiality in this. That back in 32, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now when you think about transgressions, you think about sin, notice he uses several words. And we talked about these things in the days gone by. He says, uh, look, he used the word transgression, which is going to run parallel with trespass. That's the idea. The word sin, and then look down in the second verse, he uses the word what? iniquity, and then he uses in the very last word in my translation, uh, verse 2, he uses the word deceit or guile. Those three words here, right here, uh, transgression, we got four, transgression, sin, iniquity, and guile all speak of one single thing that was done, but it covers it at every angle when he transgressed, was a misstep with God. He got out of step with God. We've been talking about our steps, our walk, because the scriptures talk over and over again about walking with the Lord. The testimony of faith is men what? Walked with God. And if I'm not walking in faith with Him, that means I'm out of step with Him. And if I'm out of step with Him, that means I'm what? In step with that which isn't right. And that's what happens when you, David was out of step with God. So God confronted him, sent a prophet to him. Well, that word transgression just means to misstep. Me and Hazel was walking uh, the other day. and She wasn't paying attention as she was walking. And you ever walking across like a little platform or something and you didn't realize it, but there was a step to get down and you wasn't looking? And even the most agile person, when you're expecting to take a solid step and all of a sudden there's no ground yeah. there, there's a little, another step before you get to the ground, if you wasn't paying attention, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. go down and it'll twist somebody's back, it'll hurt. That's the idea of a misstep. It's just a short little unexpected thing that took place that you got out of step and it was noticed in how you was walking. Same way with the, the idea of a trespass. Remember the word trespass means the spreading of the legs. Because you, there was a boundary. There was a, a, a marker that says that this land, for an example, belongs to somebody. And when you misstep, have you ever been hunting before? And there was no clear boundaries, no fence line, no nothing. And you just wandering through the woods. And before you know it, you're either on government property or you're on somebody else's land. But you didn't know. You got off of that. But a trespass is from the perspective of you rush across it. You knew you were crossing the line when you did it. But that old turkey was gobbling over there. So you looked around and seen who was watching I know, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you see, that's the problem. That's what. M- remember when Moses felt like he needed to protect? And the Scripture says Moses did this when that boy was taking advantage of another one. Scripture says Moses looked this away, and Moses looked that away, and nobody was looking. Yeah. So he killed the Egyptian.
0: But somebody saw it.
1: But one thing Moses didn't do. He didn't look up. See, we got, we, that's what we do when we misstep and transgress. We look around. That's the idea of deceit. Guile. Guile is, I'm going to see who's watching. And if nobody knows I'm here watching, i uh, act on it. And that's what Moses did. He wound up murdering a man and he had to leave for 40 years, you know, yeah. and get away instead of looking up. And, David didn't look up at each interval. Then he's trying to cover it up, but he never looked up. And he felt like he fixed the issue with having that boy Uriah killed on the battlefield. Now she's free to marry. He marries her right away. She has a child. Nobody sees the difference there, but he didn't look up. And now we're saying God sent a messenger and I had to look up. And when I looked up, God what? Showed me mercy. God forgive me of the misstep. God forgive me of that trespass. God forgave me of missing the mark with Him. And you know that mark is the mark of perfection, of walking in faith, hitting that mark. That's the the mark of perfection. None of us hit that mark. That mark is required to be hit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can't miss it at all. And it's not... It goes back to love. That is loving your neighbor and loving God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week without flaw. And we can't do that. So we've all missed that mark one way or another. What's that? miss the mark. Operating on our own, we miss the mark. And we're going to find as you've been reading through Psalms, David says that again and again. David at times, like in Psalm 39, we hadn't got there yet, but we may even talk about it this morning. David says... I was going to do this thing on my own, but soon as he started to do it on his own, man, he got all out of balance, and he realized I can't do it on my own because when I tried to do it on my own, I failed in another area yeah. that i that I didn't want to fail in, and I realized my life is just like a vapor it's nothing without the Lord in it. Come on and I needed him. And this is what he's saying here. So these words, we'll just talk about them real brief before we go or before we got to break up. Uh, the, the word transgress, transpass, it talks about what we did. That was the act of misstepping, getting out of line with the Lord. The, words, the word iniquity that he uses here, that word means that rooted wickedness. David said what he did with Bathsheba and then trying to cover it up with Uriah, was out of iniquity. That was wickedness within him. Then he did it deceitfully because he didn't want anybody to figure out what he was doing, though he had to include one of his men, right? Didn't he write a letter? Yeah. Matter of fact, David wrote that man's death sentence and put it in his hands and said, I want you to bring this to the captain of the God. I want you to bring it to him. He's got in that, David wrote in that letter, I want you to put your eye on the front line and have him, have him killed. He's carrying that sentence of death. Well, the same thing with the law. When you think about us, if that's all you have to carry, you carry in your own sentence of death. Come on. You carry a, a letter of death. That's why we need grace. Amen. Though it's a command, and that command's got to be fulfilled, As David sent that command as the king, that command still is your death sentence. That's where the Bible says the strength of sin is the law. For the law has condemned all under sin, and those that sin must die. That's why Jesus, when he came, he was come for a sentence of death upon his life. So David, though, did it. How did he do it? Deceptively. Why did he do it? iniquity within his heart. What did he do? He missed God's mark. And what did he not do? He didn't hit the mark of God. But what does God do when he forgives and he covers us in his mercy? We, we In repentance, we hit that mark. We hit that mark in Grace, repentance for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So that's what Psalm 32 is really the heart of it. Then you got to parallel it though because it goes with what? Psalm 51. Psalm 51 talks about God washing us, cleansing us, beating out those things that that were against us and causing all these things. David said when he was trying to cover all that up in verse 3 of 32, when I kept silent, what did he say? My bones grew old. Man, it affected him what? Physically, it affected him mentally, it affected him spiritually, it affected him emotionally. When he was trying to what? Cover it up himself. He was unsettled, he didn't have peace, he couldn't sleep. All those things affected him because he was trying to cover it himself. Rather than what? Confessing and coming clean before God. God knows, he can't hide it, amen? Your best thing to do is lay it at his feet and give it to him, take the consequences, whatever he allows to come, and keep walking with him just knowing that there's a good chance you're going to miss it again. Are you with me? Come on. You just got to be learn how to be, and that's the thing we see in King David. Man, David knew not only how to repent, but he knew when to repent. Amen. When God brought that word into his life, David would get right with God. And the Bible says in the New Testament, after all this, Tommy... It says that David did all the will of God. He was a man after God's own heart. In spite of, regardless of the fact that he took another man's wife, that he had that man murdered, that he did this and he did that, that David killed men, women, boys, and girls. David did a lot of stuff. Remember when they go to these places and they didn't want nobody to know what they did? David was killing the enemy, no doubt. These were the enemies to the things of God. But they slaughtered everybody. That nobody could go back and say this is what David was doing. That's why he did it. He's cleaning house. But these people all had a sentence of death upon them already. But the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. In light of all that. That's the key. When God covers it, and you quit trying to cover it yourself. That's that beautiful picture of repentance. I, I, I acknowledge it. I agree with God. And I affirm it with my steps that I'm looking back to him and walking with him. And oh, what a world of difference that makes. Amen. Because there's not a person. Solomon said it like this. There's not a righteous man that does not sin. Right. A righteous man. That's right with God, walking rightly with God. There's not a righteous man on the earth that does not miss the mark. We we all miss the mark. Everybody misses the mark. You got sins of the flesh and you got sins of the spirit. Just because you think a thing or speak a thing don't mean you got to act on that thing. Some people get to that place where they say, Man, if I'm thinking like this or speaking like this, I might as well just go do it. No, there's a difference degrees in those types of things. You know, sin separates us, but the praise God that we can get right back connected to Jesus through repentance. Of course, there's only one
0: unforgivable sin.
1: And that is rejecting the Lord. Rejecting the Lord. That would be the generation of the wicked, as the the psalmist has been and Proverbs talk about. There's two generations of people on the on the earth the generation of the righteous and the generation of the unrighteous. The unrighteous are born, live, and die separated from God. But the righteous are those who have been interrupted by the Lord, turn in faith repentance to Him, and trust Him with their life. At some phase in that journey between being born and dying, God does a work in their life. And if that work doesn't happen, you've got the generation of the unrighteous. And the characteristics of those people are opposed to one another. Now, the righteous can act unrighteously, but he's always righteous, even though, as Solomon said, there's not a righteous man on earth that doesn't sin. Sometimes the righteous look like the unrighteous. But he's different because of a righteous God who's made him righteous. And that's where David comes in and said, that's the blessed man. That's the blessed man whose sins have been forgiven, whose mercy, God's mercy, has them uh, covered up in his his blood. Amen? Verse Verse 8, 32 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go, I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. What did we say? We've been talking about this a little bit too. That in kingdom work, God has to reveal these things. That's what he did with David. He revealed it. Grace is what removed the mark of the misstep and out of step. God's goodness is what replaced that. That's why David's going to keep bringing up, God, you are my goodness. Your mercy is what is made me who I am. And then what? God's guidance. God's guidance is what's going to what? Refresh us, renew us, and ready us to walk with the Lord. God's guidance. And that's what he said. Instruct me. Don't let me be rebellious like an old mule that don't want to go in. Remember we talked about it Sunday about mooing. At the Lord, snorting at him. God's not mocked. We don't moo at him when he's wanting us to do. That's that pushing back at it. That That's what we see here. We don't want to be like an old stubborn mule that don't want to go in or a cow that don't want to be worked with. Uh, God's not mooed at. He's not mocked. We want God to what? Instruct us and guide us with his eye. He did it for Abraham. He did it for Noah. He did it for Abel. He did it for David. He'll do it for you and me. Amen. Amen. When we're walking in that repentant heart. We got to learn how to be good repenters. Amen. Amen. On a consistent basis. Because you're going to cross paths with people. You're going to have circumstances, situations. uh, Steal your focus. You'll start acting like a fool. God's got to reveal it. His grace comes in to remove that foolishness. His goodness is going to replace it with His presence. And then his guidance will guide us how to, what, see what he sees, act on what he reveals, acknowledge that and agree with him and affirm it by, what, confessing and walking with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's just a, it's a lifelong journey of in and out repentance of walking with the Lord. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing. Anything else before we shut her down for everybody coming in? So if y'all remember that, those, those four aspects, what David did, why did David do it, how did he do it, what he didn't do, but what happened when he repented and got right with God. What he did was transgress. He got out of step. It was a misstep. Got in step with his own flesh. Why did he do it? Because there's still wickedness within him and within us. Amen. How did he do it? With guile, deceptively. He tried to cover it himself. And then what he didn't do was he didn't hit the mark with God. But when he repented, boom, he did the will of God. Amen? Amen. Repentance. Hitting the mark with Him. To Him be the glory. Father, we thank You today. Thank You for these revelations that You give us. Lord, we all fall short of them in and of ourselves, but with You, with You, all things are possible. As we've been learning in our daily mornings with You and as we walk with You through the day, that without You, we we just are going to make a mess of it. So, Lord, thank you for your kindness and your goodness that you show us because it's in your kindness and goodness that leads us to repentance. So we thank you for revealing that and us being able to see how gracious and merciful and kind and tender and loving and faithful and trustworthy you are. That is what brings us out from going our way to walk with you. As David would say and and Psalm 18, your gentleness, your gentleness with us is what makes us great in this world. So, Lord, we love you and thank you. I thank you for these men. thank you for their families. I thank you for uh, what they mean to each one of us. And I pray that you use them mightily to declare your righteousness to the generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.